Well, we're so glad to have you, each one here today. And we're glad to kind of give Luke a little bit of a break today. Uh, and that's nice, nice to do. And Mike and I enjoy getting to lead a little bit in that way. And I think our youth have already given some very good messages today. <laughs> and a couple of things that... Uh, I, I kept hearing over and over again, we just sang the song, in Christ alone, was coming to that deeper understanding that it really is all about Jesus, that it is Christ alone in our lives that leads us where we need to go, that allows us to receive all the fullness of what God has for us. It really is all about the Lord Jesus. And uh, those were some great testimonies today. I'm glad to share with you a little bit today from the first psalm, Psalm 1, if you'd like to turn there and just kind of have your place marked there in the very first psalm, Psalm 1. I don't know for our youth, for you guys, if, uh, if you heard this said at youth camp, to every youth camp I've ever been to as a youth, as a youth counselor, as a pastor, whatever, that's a lot of camps. I can't think of a time where I did not hear this message before I went home. And it usually went something like, you've had a mountaintop experience, don't leave it here. I don't know if it was said exactly that way, but I, I always heard that. And there's a lot of truth in that, that an experience like youth camp or times alone that we have with God, we, we experience some really fresh, new, and powerful things in our lives. And of course, we don't want to leave it on the mountain. We want to take it where we go every day. And that our salvation in Christ is not just about coming to know Jesus at a certain time in our life, but living fully with Him, deeply with Him, every single day. And that's kind of what I want to share with us today. A little bit about how to take my mountaintop encounter and make it an everyday experience. To kind of answer the question, how does the gospel and my salvation by grace alone continue to shape, strengthen, and transform my life? I think Psalm 1 is a perfect, perfect place to go in the Word of God for the answer to those questions. Because it really is a powerful picture of a life lived in the fullness of God every day. It's a powerful picture of taking my encounter with Jesus and making it my experience every single day. So let's look at Psalm 1 together. Um, it's just a beautiful psalm. How blessed it starts out is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, does not sit in the seat of the scoffers, does not stand in the place of sinners. But it tells us that his delight is in the law of the Lord, law of God. And in his law, he does what? He meditates day and night. And then there's a promise. And he shall be like a tree, firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. These are the kind of the three... I would say vitally important truths that come to my mind for us from the Word of God today. One is, don't make Jesus just part of your life, but make Jesus your life. 
if I want to take my mountaintop encounter and translate it into an everyday experience, if I want to live in the fullness of Jesus every day, Jesus has to be a part of, of my whole life. Not just part of my life, but he needs to be my life. Amen? The second thing I want to share a little bit today is we need to learn what it means to delight in God's word. That word delight is so key, I think that sometimes we don't think enough about not only what it means to read God's word, to study God's word, and learn from his word, but what does it mean to delight in God's word? Then I had this last thing today. It sounds a little corny, but I'll, I'll put it this way. Don't make like a tree and leave, but make like a tree and live. So we want to talk about those three things today. All right, don't make Jesus just part of my life, but make sure that he truly is my life. That's a challenge for every one of us today. It's certainly a challenge for our, our youth today. That's why it was so great to hear them talk about wanting Jesus Christ to be a part of, of their life entirely, that it really is all about him. That word blessed is interesting. We think of the word blessed, blessed is the man, it says in Psalm 1, we tend to think of the word blessed as being blessed. That if I do these things, I will be blessed. Well, we're not really blessed because we do these things for God. We're blessed because of what God has already done for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the deeper meanings of the word blessed means to be connected, to be intimately connected. And so I think it's talking about our relationship to God being so deep and so personal that we are deeply and intimately connected to him. And as a result, we are blessed. We are living a blessed life. I was kind of curious about the words walk and sit and stand. And I got to wondering how many times in our lifetime, for example, how many miles do I walk, how many steps do I take, etc.? So I went to good old Google, you know, you can go to Google for anything, right? And whatever Google says is true, right? No, that's not true. <laughs> but I thought this is interesting. In our lifetime, until we are about 80 years old, we will take about 7,500 steps a day. I'm getting tired already, right? That, that amounts to 216,262,500 steps in our lifetime. And by the age 80, we would have walked 110,000 miles. Oh boy, I'm going to go home and take a nap after that. We will, in our adult years, just from the time we're adult, we will sit a total of about 18 years over our lifetime. I couldn't find anything about stand, but I'm sure that's, that's quite a lot too. But in other words, there's kind of a double meaning of this first verse. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He does not, <clears throat> he does not stand in the path of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of scoffers. Walk, sit, and stand. The first part of this verse, I think, is, is giving us a picture of what we do all day, every day, right? All day, every day, I'm either walking, sitting, standing, 
or laying down and resting from walking, sitting, and standing. But these are the, the basic things we do every day, right? So it has that meaning. I think it's, it's reminding us again that, that our relationship to God is about everything that we do. That God is in everything that we do. So then when it talks about the man, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, the walk refers to my way of life. How do I walk? Not moving my legs back and forth, but reuse the term, our walk of life. So that word there refers to my walk of life. The person I am, the things I do every day, the person I am every day. The uh, sitting refers to the people that I gather close to me, who share my convictions, who share my values, and I choose to sit with them. I choose to be connected to them. Who are those people in my life? The stand refers to what I stand for, what I believe is true, and do I have a truth in my life that, that guides me, that guards me, a truth that I stand on, that whenever I have a question in my life, and this is especially challenging, I think, for our youth today, do I stand on the Word of God? When a question comes to my life, when a question comes from other people around me, do I go to the Word of God first? You know, sometimes, and if I say it this way, I try to say it very graciously when I'm talking with people who have questions about God, about spiritual things, they'll often ask, well, what do you think about this? And I want to say, and sometimes I try to graciously say, you know, it really doesn't matter what I think. And it really doesn't matter with all due respect what you or someone else thinks. Because what I think is what God says. And that's what guides me. That's the authority of my life. That's the truth that I stand on. Because if we don't, like the saying, if we don't stand for anything, we'll fall for everything. And so we had that challenge more and more in our world today to stand on the truth of God's word, right? It reminds me that more and more today, our conversation with people who are not followers of God, with people who have maybe sometimes very sincere questions about God, our conversation is much more apologetic, I believe, than it's ever been. By apologetic, I mean defending our faith. Not because it needs to be defended, but because the world is challenging the very truth of the Bible, the very truth of God. We need to know how to answer those questions, how to answer those objections. And so, not just sharing, it's great to share my testimony, we want to do that. It's great to share scripture, I want to do that. But we live in a world where people not only not believe in the Bible, but actually mock the truth of God, recreate God in their own image. And so it's, it's like in, in 1 Peter, there's a verse that says, be ready at any time to make a defense for the faith that is within you. The third verse of the book of Jude says to, that we are the wrestle, we are con to contend for the faith that is within us. Every Christian, I believe, especially today, should have a worldview. What do you believe about the world? 
How do you, what do, do we believe about how the world came into being? What do we believe about the God who created this world? What do we believe about truth? Is there absolute truth? Yes, there is. What is my worldview? Because everybody has a worldview. And, it, and often it is not the right one, is it? It's not one connected to the truth of God's word. I think every Christian ought to have a worldview and be able to express that and share that very effectively because that's a great need today. So, Psalm 1, verse 1 is a picture of where and how we live every day. And it reminds us, because our encounter with God is through our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it reminds us that we need to take Jesus wherever we go. There's a verse in Colossians that I love. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him. Let your roots grow down in deep into Him. Let your life be built upon the foundation of His Word and your life overflow with joy and thanksgiving because in Christ dwells all the fullness of deity in bodily form. And, when, and in Christ, we are made complete. I love the Living Bible version of that verse. Just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust Him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with Him. Let your roots grow down deep into Him and draw up nourishment from Him and see that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. And let your life overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all He has done. For in Christ dwells all the fullness of deity in bodily form. And when you have Jesus, you have everything you need. You believe that today. That when I have Jesus, I have everything that I need. My son and I have been having some studies together from a, a book called The Prodigal God by Timothy Keller, who died just, just a, a short time ago. And I just want to read a quick quote from him. He said, this is what we must do with the gospel of the grace of God. We must personally appropriate it, making it more and more central to everything we see, think, and feel. He goes on to say that the gospel is not the ABCs of our salvation. The gospel, he says, is the A to Z of our salvation. The gospel is everything. Jesus is everything to me. And Jesus is in everything I say and think and do every single day, right? Jesus says the thief comes to steal and destroy, but I have come to do what? To give you life abundantly, more abundantly every moment of every day. So don't make Jesus a part of your life. I want to make Jesus my life completely and wholly. The second thing is, learn what it means to delight in God's Word. I love verse 2, that after, after it talks about where the follower of God walks and sits and stands, it gives us the key to his ability, his empowerment to do those things. But his delight, his delight is where? In the law of God. And in his law, it tells us that he meditates day and night. His delight is in the law of the Lord. That word, um, I want to talk a little bit about the word delight as well. 
It means to speak of oneself. It means to be separated. And it means to just, when, when I meditate, he meditates on the Word of God every day. It's the word meditate. Literally, it means to speak to oneself, to be separated from that which is distracting, from that which is uh, not the truth, to separate myself from those things and think completely and wholly on the things of God. His delight is in the Word of God, and in His Word He meditates day and night. For a long time I worked in nursing, and um, now that I've retired, gone back to being a hospice chaplain, often I will hear people say, I am just not sleeping well at night. I can't sleep. And because they can't sleep, they don't feel well most of the time. And especially if they are a Christ follower, I'll say to them, what is your favorite verse of the Bible? Or if they don't have one, I'll say, let's find one. Let's find a good verse from the Bible. And I encourage them when they wake up at night and can't sleep, instead of counting sheep, count their blessings, and think on this verse. Have it written down, maybe on a card, and turn over and just read it, meditate on it, ask God to speak to you about the truth of that verse and what it means for you in your life. And you can probably guess what happens when they do that. It's not long before they fall back asleep. In fact, they start to look, sometimes they start to look forward to being awake. So they can think on that verse for a while. Well, it says that the, that the man of God, the person who is a follower of God, who walks in the right place, sits in the right place, stands for the right things, that they meditate upon the word of God, what? Day and night. You remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and every time he was tempted, what did he do? He spoke, he claimed the power of God's word against the attacks of Satan. I had a couple of verses, uh, if I can see well enough up here, in the light. In, in Psalm 119, there is the verse that talks about, in fact we read it last, last week for our opening, where it says in verses uh, 103 through 105, it talks about the word of God being both our lamp unto our feet, and a light into our path. Psalm 119 is a great psalm to read because almost every section of Psalm 119, which is an acrostic of the Hebrew alphabet, every part of Psalm 119 refers to the Word of God. What a blessing the Word of God is in our life, what a power it is, what, how it directs us, how it, how, it, how it enriches us, how it deepens our faith in God. And so I love that verse again that talks about thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because the word of God has a way of showing me not only where I am in my life and my relationship to him, but the word of God has a way of showing me where I need to go. The path I need to walk. The path that God has laid before me. The opportunities that he's laid before me. And so... The person who takes delight in the Word of God recognizes that, that the Bible is not just a word about God, but that the Bible is what? It is the Word of God. It is the Word from God. It is, it is God's Word. 
And because it's God's word, it becomes my authority. It becomes my standard for living. It becomes the very truth that I live by. God's word is the, perf the perfect and complete revelation of what he has in store for us. And what he has in store for you and I is nothing less than his very best. Amen? So we need to understand what it truly means to delight in God's word. Understand the difference between, I think, duty and delight. When my Christian life becomes dutiful, it begins to lack joy and passion and growth. And it's very easy for me to kind of fall into this thing of doing things for God out of duty. Doing good things for God, thinking that He will love me more, He will receive me more, I'll be more blessed. That's just not the way it works, is it? What it's really all about is let, not doing good things for God, but letting God do great things in and through me. And when I take true delight in the Word of God, every day, and over and over, the Word of God is in my heart and in my mind. When I have a decision to make, what, what comes to mind right away is what? Not what should I do, but what does the Word of God say? When I'm challenged in some way in my faith, when I'm challenged by a circumstance or problem in life, what ought to come to me first is not, oh God, what, what should I do? But, oh God, what do you say? What does your Word tell me to do? What's the truth that I can anchor on and hold on to in this time? So if we want to live our lives fully in the Lord Jesus every day, take the mountaintop experience and translate it into everyday life, we need to make sure that Jesus is not a part of our life, but all of our life every day. And we need to understand what it means to take the light in the Word of God. The last thing is this. Don't make like a tree and leave, but make like a tree and live. Okay? I know that's kind of a corny saying, but it's really true. There's a promise here. There's a picture here that we don't want to miss. It's a picture of our tree of life and what our tree should look like, what our tree can look like when we are making Jesus every part of our life, when we are taking delight in the Word of God, it says that then I will be the picture of this, of this tree that's described here in Psalm 1. It says, it's like a, you shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. My life can be and needs to be a life that is firmly planted. Firmly planted. Where am I planted? I'm planted in the truth of God's word. I'm planted in my life-changing relationship with Jesus. I've heard that the roots of a tree usually are correspond in some way to the branches. Now, if the branches are out this far, likely the, the roots are out close to that. Probably not true of every tree. Mike knows a lot about trees. Um, Probably not true of every tree, but that is commonly, I understand, true. So the better and more that my life is rooted in the things of God, in the truth of God, rooted in my experience of my life in Jesus, the more that what's going to happen produces fruit, its leaf does not wither, 
and in whatever I do, I prosper because of what God is doing in and through my life. I have some plants in my yard, a fig tree in my yard. In fact, I was thinking I was asking Mike about a while back about why they're not doing so well. Of course, they're getting burned up with, in the heat to start with. But I remember a little thing that Mike said in our conversation. You said something, Mike, about if a tree or a plant is not well cared for and it's not healthy, the first thing to go is its reproduction. The first thing to go is the pretty blooms. The first thing to go is the fruit. It's not going to produce. That's not going to bear fruit because it's not a healthy plant. I think if we look at Psalm 1, we could say that it's also true, even more true, of our lives. Amen? That if my spiritual life is not healthy, if I'm not growing deeply in my faith every day, if I'm not taking delight in the Word of God, if Jesus tends to be more just a part of my life than my life, the result will be I'm not going to produce fruit or much fruit at all. The result will be that when hard times come, my leaf doesn't stand strong or, or thrive. My leaf withers. And I don't find my life, I don't see my life prospering very well in very many days. So we are called to be like the tree planted by the streams of water. God has called us to be firmly planted in Him. God's called us to yield the fruit of the gospel, to yield fruit that the world can see, that to stand strong in the midst of storms that tend to wither our tree. And He's promised in whatever we do, we will prosper, not in the things so much that we want, but in the things that the Lord God wants of our lives because God's desire becomes our desire when we are firmly planted in Him. So, I think the question would be today, is Jesus a part of my life or is He all of my life? Have I learned to delight in God's Word? Have I moved away from duty? And God's words become my delight. And does my life look like the tree planted by the streams of water?